0: You are listening to the Mill Sunday School podcast. And today we're going to talk about we're in this series of church history. We're going to talk about the fall of Rome, kind of a Debbie Downer. And there's a lot to be worried about with like nations falling. I think about like if our nation was to fall, there'd be a whole lot to worry about. So I thought in in reaction to that worry, these these thoughts of transition and change. <clears throat> Um, we'd read a passage about Matthew six, where Jesus says, don't be worried. (coughs) So Matthew chapter six, if you're there, verse 25 says, for this reason, I say to you, do not be worried about your life as to what you will eat or what you will drink, nor for your body. What to put on is not life more than food and the body more than clothing. He says this, look at the birds of the air. Maybe you see one outside, I don't know. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow, they do not reap, nor do they gather and put into barns and yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not worth much more than they are? Of course, yes, that's a rhetorical question. Yes, you are. Verse 27, and who of you being worried can add a single hour to your life? In fact, we know that if you study stress and the effects of stress, worrying actually takes away your life. So verse 28, and why are you worried about clothing? Observe the lilies of the field, how they do not toil or spin. Yet I say to you, not even Solomon in all his glory was clothed, clothed himself like one of these. Verse 30, but if God so so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the furnace, will he not much more clothe you? You of little faith. Do not worry then, saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? For the Gentiles eagerly seek after these things; so though the pagans seek after these things. But your heavenly father knows what you need and will, and you, verse 33, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. So don't worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will care for itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. So is anybody worried? No, don't worry. Let's pray. God, we do thank you for these words of encouragement that, that we should not be worried. And, and Lord, while we do as human beings on this earth have uh, seemingly a lot to be worried about and stressed about and today's message is about transition and change in a very big way. And maybe that will bring up some thoughts in our own lives about transition or change or disappointments or things that have fallen apart in our own lives. God, would you encourage us with this passage that we're gonna come back to at the end of Sunday School that there's nothing to worry about, that you are in control of all things, and you love us, and you're a good God. We worship you, and we praise you, Lord. And everybody screamed, amen. So I want to tell you a story about a town that fell. Uh, We're going to talk about the fall of the Roman Empire and the fall of Rome today. And that's a very distant city and very far away geographically and in times. It's like an ancient thing that happened. But not too long ago, uh, there's a city very close to here, about 20 miles as the eagle flies or the crow flies, um, a town that fell. It was once a really awesome town and like mining for gold. It's a little town on the map right there. Maybe you've been to it. It's right outside Cripple Creek. Uh, It's a town called Victor. Anybody from Victor? You're like, uh, no. Anybody been to Victor? Oh, sweet. Anybody go the back way to Victor, oh, Gold Camp Road? That's a really cool way to go. It's this little town founded in the 1800s, 1891, shortly after Winfield Scott Stranton discovered gold nearby. And Victor Cripple Creek became um, this, this huge, the second most um, gold productive mines in the world at the in the United States actually at the time of the 1800s 10 billion dollars in the 1800s were taken from uh, right outside of Victor at the time in the 1800s when mining was happening and this little town like blew up and there's like all these old buildings there and then the price of gold fell and they stopped finding gold in Victor and the town kind of fell and it fell apart if any of you are from Victor Trying not to slam your town, but it's kind of a ghost town. It's this shell of what it once was. You see all these spaces open for rent. You see like the old bank that used to, you know, bring you know transactions, and the millions and billions of dollars were happening there over the years. And now it's like a coffee shop that can barely make it. Um, the, the The mines are literally falling apart. Here's a picture of a, a town of the mine right outside the town. There was 18,000 people there at one point in the 1800s. And today only about a hundred families live in Victor. And so it is a shell of what it once used to be. And it's like things moved backwards. The town fell and it is no longer what it was. It's glory days are now behind them. And... um, it's in some ways it's very sad, and we think about this town that's like you only go there for a tourist attraction to see what was once so awesome and huge. And I thought about today's lesson and bringing that into like oh we could get our mind around Victor. And if you've ever been to Victor, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, is, as all these buildings are emptied and, and there's just a shell of what there once was. And in some ways, that's what Rome. What's what happened to Rome? Um, this Roman Empire that we talk about. Um, uh, that we have been talking about and are going to talk about today, the fall of Rome, get our minds around like the disappointment that must have happened in all these people's minds and get our minds around this bigger idea like what was God doing at that time? Because it seems as though God was in the Roman Empire. The Roman Empire called themselves a Christian empire, a Christian nation, and yet it fell, which must have just left so many questions and so many like like, what is God doing? And so many disappointments. And so, maybe so much worry. So, anyways, that's, we'll try to make this bigger point today and bring it home with some illustrations for our own lives. But welcome to the Mill Sunday School, officially. Uh, if you're new to the Mill Sunday School, there's little um, cards on your tables, I think. Uh, if not, you can grab one on your way out and fill it out. Give it to the people on your way out. <clears throat> And uh, you can put as much or as little information on there as you want to give us. You get a little gift baggie for coming today. It's got our uh, New Life Groups magazine. It's got... uh a book by Brady Boyd, Sons and Daughters, our senior pastor wrote that book. So that's just a gift for you if you want. Fill it out and bring it to the nice people as you're leaving right, right out by the table outside in the lobby. So do that if you're new. And to get moving, to jump right into what we're talking about today, of course, we're talking about church history. We've been talking about it, a very nerdy subject. In January, we're talking about um, uh, the spread of the imperial church. So, Christian, so first of all, Christianity in the early church was illegal. And then Christianity was accepted by the Roman Empire, and that Christianity and the empire spread. Today we're going to talk about its fall. And we do have a textbook. If you're really nerdy, there's a nerd alert for you. Your best siren. (laughs) Anyways, we should just record that and then make that like your ringtone or something. Just make that your ringtone for like when a really annoying person calls. Anyways, I kid. I kid. If you want something really nerdy to do, there's a textbook, which I keep finding more people popping out of the woodwork that actually have this book and are reading it, so that makes me really happy. So if you're reading along in this book or you just want to jump to where we are now, you can jump to chapter 14 and read chapter 14 in Church History in Plain Language by Bruce Shelley, and it's the chapter about the first pope, which we'll get into next week and the papacy, and the spread of the Catholic Church. and so. But today's lesson is right before that. Today, we need to talk about something kind of depressing in church history, something pretty depressing in world history. If you ever studied world history, which you probably had to in, in high school and middle school, you probably at some point talked for a length of time about the fall of an empire, the fall of potentially the greatest fall of arguably the greatest empire that has ever been on the face of the earth, the Roman Empire that we still have lasting effects today, like how some things work and what we call things and the names of things uh, are still resounding in history um, today. The the effects of the fall of Rome. And why do we, why are we talking about this? Why you might even wonder if you're new to Sunday school. Why are we talking about church history? Maybe you've never been to a church that that talks about such nerdy things. Um, why are we talking about church history? Well, a and b. A, I think a good reason is that. We get to see God's working in his people throughout time. And so God is alive and active today. And he also has been throughout the history of Christians who have gone before us. So we could look at that and see how God works and see how his people react to him. And then the other reason is because in some ways history is cyclical. We can look back at history and learn important lessons. We, as the saying goes in Ecclesiastes, there's nothing... New under the sun, we experience things and we make decisions as people, and we, of course, can look back in history and learn from those that have gone before us, and and not be so silly as to think that we are above it all and like, oh, that will never happen to us. It's like, no, it just it happened before. It it will probably happen again, and it will probably happen in our time as well. We're not immune to the effects of sin and change, and. Um, the things that other people have gone before us so here's a little painting of the fall of Rome looks like a party gone horribly wrong um, it's a, it's a, the cover of your notes as well this painting was by Thomas Cole in the 1800s and painted uh, kind of notable for painting like popular American sediments of these ancient times and then turning them on their back and so here's like ancient Rome you see all these uh, pillars and these buildings and a statue, but the statue 's missing its head. Uh, the buildings are on fire and being crushed, and people are running around um, a scene from a city that has fallen and I have a discussion question for you. hopefully this will get your your mental brain juices going um, and it 's a question that 's going to compare the Roman Empire with today in some ways. So get ready to discuss this question. Let me prompt you a little bit more. It's kind of about um, like our own nation. We live in the United States of America. And maybe you've never thought about this. Um, Maybe you just assumed that because we're the greatest nation that has ever lived, um, and you're like, yeah, America, Um, that we are not susceptible to falling, that our nation, America, will be and will always be. That's a pretty prideful thought. That's a pretty arrogant thought to think like that because every other empire in the course of history has risen and fallen. You think about the Greek empire and you think about the Egyptian empire, you think about the Roman empire, all these great empires have come and risen and then at some point fallen. And so I kind of want to start this quest of studying the fall of the Roman empire by comparing it today. And so hopefully this question is not too far-fetched. But it's, I guess it has to do with your humble opinion. Um, in I-Y-H-O. In your humble opinion, is that even an acronym? I've used that a couple times now, and it is now. Yeah, thank you. Um, so in your humble opinion, um, what will be, and this is just kind of a guess, to get us talking, to get us thinking, what will be the fall of the U.S.A.? it's like, that's kind of a sad thing to talk about. And some of you are like, no, never. We're Americans. It's like, America. It's like, well, I'm not talking about today. I'm not talking about next month. I may not even be talking about years from now. I might be talking about maybe 100 years from now. I don't know. And maybe we're at the pinnacle right now. It's like, things are really great for us. Um, we all came here well-fed. And, or if you didn't, there's food in the back. Like, we have enough to eat there's running water. We have enough to drink. Uh, we're all clothed in here. That's a good thing. Um, but what if we're like at the pinnacle? And we, if you've ever been to a another country, a third world country, you know that they don't have it as good as we do. What if we are now at the pinnacle? Our lifetimes, like right now, uh, this age is like the pinnacle of the United States. And then something will happen and it will begin to fall. I don't know. I'm not praying that. I'm not prophesying that. I'm just saying... Eventually, this empire, uh, this nation, maybe it's a better word, um, will fall. There will, there will be other times in the, in the world's history just because, how do I know that? Well, because every other one, every other empire has fallen. So kind of a Debbie Downer question, but I want you to think about it. Just in your humble opinion, what will be the fall of the USA? And then we'll try to make some comparisons with Rome uh, a little later. So that's your discussion question. Talk amongst your little buddies or jump into a table with some little buddies and talk about it. Ready, cassette, go. Uh, this table of gentlemen said um, they said a decline in the Christians, like Christians are supposed to be out there doing stuff, and if we don't step it up, well, then maybe uh, there will be, this table said uh, along with that, like demoralizing of the nation or just uh, a moral situation, a moral nation that, that makes decisions without a compass of what is truly right and wrong. Uh, one table said the politics, like we're uh, throughout the number 14 trillion plus in debt. And so that could lead to a fall of the United States. Uh, what did you guys say? The economic, just they were talking politically and economic collapse. Another table said greed, like maybe we'll spread ourselves too thin and be greedy and then fall from within. This table over here just simply said, Teletubbies. Um, <laughs> That yeah i kind of know what you mean actually just (laughs) but this was very real uh some of you are how many of you i think you're all old enough to remember because it would probably be even the youngest ones in here i imagine were either four or five when uh back in 2000 on november 11th um the attacks do you all remember that some of you are probably very young i was uh, in college, so I remember it very well. I remember it like you probably—it's one of those things in history that you you hear about. And you you know exact—you could probably remember exactly where you were when you heard the news. And for me, it was like later in the day. Like all these events had happened in the morning, and I was on my way to work, and it was just like coming in. Like oh, a, a, a some small plane accidentally crashed into a building in New York City, and then of course that's what I heard like really early in the morning when it just happened, and then of course another plane, and it wasn't just a small plane in any building. It was just, it was a large plane in a very large building, and thousands of people were killed. And I remember hearing about it in the, in the afternoon. So for me, like after work, I didn't have the radio or TV on at work. Uh, where I was working in a basement polishing like brass lamps. Very random. Asked me about it some other time. Um, <laughs> but uh, later in the day, like in the afternoon, I heard of all the de- – and I was just totally shocked, like driving home in shock, got home, oh, there was a small group that night. we met as a small group, and I had like this lesson planned and then of course, it was just like we we 'd have to just pray, we just have to um, stop and pause and and pray for our nation because um, so much was happening, and so much was like at in question like what is happening will there be more attacks and there was this combination if you think back and you were old enough to remember of like we as christians uh and because this is a christian nation there was a lot of like nationalism sentiments, uh sentiments one of those words going on and people are like we are a christian nation and we need to there was this this call to like have a war on terror and there was this idea that like uh, Muslims and Islam are gonna this radical specifically type of Islam is trying to take over and there was a lot of like this mixing of USA and Christian and, and like what is the kingdom of God and there was uh, paintings like this one some of you will think this is a little funny some of you might be disturbed by this some of you might want to know where you can get the print um, but here it is uh, paintings like this like trying to come combine like christian symbols the christian american flag and our leader at the time george bush with of course a christian pin across and then troops and armies and it's like this question becomes very mixed of like what is the kingdom of god today is it our nation the usa or is the what you know what's the role of the church and lots of questions and these questions are still going on today and maybe you have some very strong opinions many of you do about this nation um, is, it, is it one nation under God? Is it, is it Christian founders? Are we not really a Christian nation anymore? Should we try to get back to a Christian nation? There's these different voices, I imagine, in this room that are maybe very passionate about who we are as a nation and who we are as Christians within this nation. Um, and, and those lines can become often very blurred. And so I'm going to talk for a second about the kingdom of God and what it is. And if we think we have any blurred lines between, uh, you know, what it is to be a Christian, what it is to be an American, are we a Christian nation? Is the nation of, of the USA, is it the kingdom of God? Well, the, the answer is no. Um, but how does those, those lines do get blurred? And if they at all get blurred for us, they must have been very blurry For the ancient Roman Empire in the three and four hundreds, because Constantine, if you remember from a couple lessons ago, if you've been here or if you just know a little bit about church history, you know that the Roman Empire became Christian. Constantine, the emperor, uh, became a Christian and then Rome takes over Christianity. Here's that famous scene. Uh, a painting of it at least where Constantine looks up into the clouds sees the liberum that's what to us looks like a p and an x and and we know now that that's actually Christos the the, the chi and the rho um but thinking back and, and looking back okay Rome was like the first Christian nation this empire that had so much power and prestige and it was a christian nation and we've been talking about that just a little bit as we've talked about church history and then it will fall and and all these questions will arise like what is god doing How, you know doesn't god need this empire this christian empire on earth to to make the gospel go further doesn't god need that of course god doesn't need that but these these questions and these disappointments were very real amongst Christians. Consider the guy who we talked about last week, St. Augustine, or Augustine. We says it's, you could pronounce it either way. He wrote this book called The City of God. And if you ever read this book, you will probably be reading it for months and months and months because it is 600 pages long, a thick book. Uh, I remember getting this book on tape and listening to it in my car for almost a year, trying to read, or I guess not read, but listen to this book being read. And it goes on and on about uh, lots of theological topics. It's probably uh, Augustine's best work outside of his confessions. That's his like journal that we talked about last week where he talked about his personal life. This is like his theology book. Um, he talks about Rome, because Augustine was 55 years old when Rome gets sacked. and the, And he sees... The decline of Rome happened. He writes about how um, there's this decline happening. There is um, moral values being questioned. There's family values disintegrating. There are um, the just lewd sexual acts that became so popular and okay in in the in the empire. Um, so a, a couple words about the decline of Rome. Um, there was. Um, just this moral degradation. Um, here's a painting of uh, people just drinking it up and partying. With um, They didn't have boom boxes back then. They had a little harps, I guess. Um, so this is like a party going on. And you can see they're just boozing it up and rocking out with their ancient day boom box there. Um, Seneca, the uh, Roman philosopher, writes, Here's, a, here's like a party uh, back in the day. We recline at a banquet, and then they have slaves. One slave wipes up the spittle, another slave, situated beneath the table, collects the leavings of the drunks. It's like, talk about a pretty sick party. Um, Like, where there's slaves, like, literally under the table to clean up the grossness of puke and whatever else you might just throw under the table. That's a pretty gross party. Um, And think about, like, the moral degradation and the the collapse of family values um and just maybe just because there was so much wealth and and morals were being questioned i think about our own nation i think about what's in the news right now i know how all of you are probably justin bieber fans and were so disappointed that he was in the news the other day um it got arrested for drunk driving and then resisting arrest um but anyways, like I, you see, you think about people like that. And I'm sure you've all been longtime fans of Justin Bieber. And you go back like four years when his single baby came out. And you're like, oh, he's just this little kid. He's a little baby. Um, he's doing shows and he works so hard. And he's he's loving life and he's doing great. And I watched the documentary about his shows. It's like, he seems like a pretty cool kid. But it's just a matter of time before all that wealth and all that fame caught up to him. And it's just so common. I mean, you think about like young children, stars that become very famous. It's just, it seems like, and I'm sure there's lots of exceptions, but it just seems like it's just a matter of time. They're like a ticking time bomb waiting to happen before they're uh, in rehab and and getting in trouble with the law and all of those things. And so I think about it as like Maybe that's just, the, that's just what comes with fame and money and wealth is, is, is just moral deg- degradation. Of course, it doesn't have to, but it seems like that's just the natural progression of when you have power and money and wealth and fame, it just seems like it, it just gets corrupted very quick. Um, so Rome, Augustine, like some of you mentioned, like um, if the United States falls, maybe it will because be because ultimately there's this moral degradation which is just kind of interesting that a nation would fall because of that but augustine says that's what happened with rome there was moral degradation that happened um practically speaking the empire was split the orange arrow points to the city of rome which was really no longer the capital in the 400s the time that we're kind of at right now and talking about the capital was the blue line blue arrow pointing to (coughs) i hear yeah constantinople because if you remember, I briefly mentioned this uh, when we talked about Constantine in the 300s, um, legalizes Christianity, becomes a Christian, and then moves the capital to Constantinople. It would be like if we all of a sudden moved um, the capital of our country from Washington, D.C. to, like, Texas or something. And it's like, oh, now the, the nation's kind of split. Like, what's the real capital? There's, I don't know, there's this split. There's um, different things and different ways going on and there's moral degradation and you think about like how awesome the roman military power was have have any of you ever seen this movie uh called the gladiator came out 14 years ago wow um for real um and the the beginning scene of gladiator is this roman empire this roman army under maximus decimus meridius guy um he the beginning scene is them fighting with these germanic tribes these barbarians and they're just annihilating them they got the fire and the dogs and the shields and the, the things and it's like these, these these barbaric armies have no chance with the romans and then like that's so if you don't know the the movie gladiator at least it's based upon true stories is is roughly trying to uh um reflect like the 100s um uh, of the roman empire like maximus decimus uh, what's his name meridius lived in like 160 ad somewhere around there so um that movie's kind of like that and so it's like the the roman empire was this awesome military power of its day and then all of a sudden maybe not all of a sudden but over time this military begins to fall and these uh at least seemingly in the movie gladiator these uh silly goose uh barbaric tribes get a lot of power and the roman empire starts to fall and then we have something um, called the sack of rome do you know what it means to get sacked yeah <laughs> if you know anything about football if you if you're, if the quarterback gets sacked which hopefully doesn't happen next weekend to our homeboy peyton manning um, yeah brockhouse um if he gets sacked, it's like the play ends. He gets sacked. He gets back up. He, they're still playing the game, but it's a huge detriment to the play, to the game, to the quarterback's confidence and the defense, etc. So, this sack of Rome, as it's usually called, is—I think it's a good way to put it—because Rome gets vandalized. And by the way, the word "vandal" comes from a group of people that were called the Vandals. Um, And that etymology of the word is like this barbaric tribe named the Vandals that would go around vandalizing, pretty much. There's also the Goths, the Visigoths, these other tribes. And that happens in 410. So anyways, um, the story is is that Alaric, who was a Roman soldier, kind of defects from Rome, uh, gathers a bunch of people in what is present-day Spain called the Visigoths. And these bunch of people were taken over by Rome a long time ago and then kind of get sick of Rome and band together and say, let's go get a piece of wealth that is in Rome. Let's go, um, go see what we can get. Let's kind of take it over. And so in 410, that's kind of a date to remember. Uh, this is not the day in which Rome fell because as the saying goes, Rome wasn't built in a day. Of course, Rome did not fall in a day either. It will take uh, lots of years Um, to totally fall. But this is like the stab to um, the gut that starts the decline of Rome and makes it very, very real for everyone. It shocks all of the world when in 410, um, a bunch of hooligans, seemingly, uh, come in and sack the city of Rome. And that's this picture that is on Your cover of of Rome on fire and people running around and being killed and hurt and temples and um, the destruction of statues happening. It would be like as if, I mean, this was so shocking to the world. And Augustine in his City of God writes about the shock that went out, that Rome itself was taken. This would be like uh, a bunch of South Dakotans taking over Washington, D.C., or something like that. It's like, I didn't even know there was a South Dakota. I didn't know. It's like, they who are these people again? They took over Washington with like, they're just l- guys with their pitchforks and shotguns took over our capital. Are you kidding me? It shook the world and it shocked the world. And so Rome, here's a picture of Rome, of the Roman Empire, a picture of a map of the Roman Empire, the red is, is the gist of the Roman empire in the 100s, 200s. This would be the height of Rome all the way up into what is today England, all the way down to Egypt and, and beyond, all the way over Turkey, all over Spain. And here's a map. So think about this Roman empire being united and the red is all one empire. The Rome is the capital, then it moves to Constantinople and what is today Turkey. And then, so this is like the 300s. Here's just about 150 to 200 years later, a totally different map. Lots of different, uh, we we might say countries or city states. If you could read it, which I doubt you can, because the, the the lettering is so small. You have uh, the kingdom of the Visigoths in what is today Spain. In France, what is today France? You have the, it says the kingdom of the Franks in Great Britain. You have the kingdom of the Angles and the Saxons. That's why the hence the name Anglo-Saxon. Uh, up in the, in the uh, Ireland it says the the Celts are up there. Um, let's see if I could even see this. Uh, the Ostrogoths take over what is today Italy. And so Rome becomes broken up by all these different people groups that maybe were once Roman, but then get identities of their own, and Rome falls. And And we think about that. I think about today and maybe like the application of today. There was this huge um, sediments towards... The kingdom of God being Rome and the shock that went out, like okay, Christianity went from like a few scared guys after Jesus dies. They split and Jesus resurrects from the dead and these disciples band together and they believe and there's scripture that it's written about it. And Christianity goes from a very small group of people to a very large group of people, so much so that it becomes a threat to the empire. And then they are being killed in the early church. And then Constantine, the emperor, becomes a Christian. And it legalizes Christianity. And um, Christianity becomes a world power, if not the world power at its time. And there's all these thoughts of like, okay, this is awesome. God needs this. God wants this kingdom of God to go out and be the kingdom to the world. And then that kingdom falls. And it's all these questions about, well, what was The kingdom of God is the kingdom of God, the church, or is the kingdom of God, the church within this nation? Or is it this nation itself? All these questions arose, as I imagine would arise today. If the United States fell very quickly, we would ask like, I thought we were a Christian nation. I thought we were a nation built upon God. We have God we trust in our coinage and on our dollar bills. And so if we fall, it's like, well, didn't God need us? didn't God need this mighty power on the earth? And of course, the answer is, no, God doesn't need anything. In fact, it seems as though from the writings that we have of what Jesus said, it seems more like the God of our religion, Christianity, isn't the God of the strong, but is the God of the weak. And I say that to say, what? what, Becoming a Christian, for instance, you have to realize your own weakness. We realize that we are all weak. And thank God that the message of Christ is for the weak and not for the strong. Because maybe in, maybe some of us are pridefully thinking we are stronger than we are, but we are all weak. We are all in need of Christ. And so, in conclusion, trying to wrap this message, it's, it's often hard for me because I want to teach church history and be very nerdy and that's, that's good. I love being nerdy. I'm not going to stop being nerdy. Hopefully you don't stop being nerdy. Um, but then there's like, well, w- what application is there for today? And I thought, well, well, whether the United States is falling or not, that would be, um, it, what, whatever it is. Um, we all in our lives have disappointments, our own, the falling of our own expectations. You know, maybe some of us had jobs that we once were making lots of money. Now we're, job less. Maybe some of us have had relationships that we thought were going to lead towards marriage, and then they didn't. Maybe some of us have had, just been in positions that we we were like, man, that was like the glory days of my teenage years, and now I'm kind of like, I don't know what I want to do. That is, it should be encouraging to us that that God is not the god of the strong but of the weak that he speaks to us that that so often in scripture you think you consider the beatitudes blessed are the meek blessed are the poor blessed are the you know so on and so forth these lowly these weak groups of people those people are blessed because that is the kingdom of God and may we never confuse like power on earth with the power of God God does not need anything he doesn't need military might he doesn't need an empire. God doesn't need anything. I mean, think about how Christianity began. It was a bunch of very poor, scared outcasts, and and if God has to, He could recreate His whole church from that again because He is God. And so, this passage we read to begin Sunday school hopefully comes back and encourages us now with this idea that <clears throat> we shouldn't worry. Um, we shouldn't even worry about what we're going to eat and what we're going to drink. And um, I imagine that that, for most of us in here, maybe some of you are worried about that. And if you are, well, then there's, you know, new life itself. We have a food bank. Maybe you didn't know that. But, you know, if you are worried about what you're going to eat, we we can help you out. You shouldn't be worried about those things. In fact, I imagine that most of us aren't worried about what we're going to eat. And if you're worried about what you're going to drink, we have a water fountain right back there. Just get some bottles and fill it up. Um, <clears throat> those aren't the kind of things we worry. We do worry, though, as Human beings as um, people that are fallen, we do have lots of worries, and maybe this lesson brings up lots of worry for you, like oh gosh like i didn 't know the United States could fall i didn 't know nation every nation, every empire that has ever existed has fallen i didn 't know that, and, and some of you already have these worries about like what is God doing with the church, and maybe he you know needs Christians, like God needs us to to look out for. Uh, this nation in such a way that oh god's not going to do it so like we have to do it we well no god cares much more than we do about our own nation and god is looking out for us and so yes of course we should do something about that yes of course we should vote yes of course we should uh, be active yes of course we should look out for those who cannot look out for themselves but this idea of worrying about what's going to happen and and stressing out about it, um, whether it be a situation in your own life or not, um, today's lesson: Do not worry. John six twenty six. You know, look at the birds of the air; they do not s- uh, spin or sew, and yet the Lord clothes them. They they do not, um, you know, have to grow, and they do not put in barns their food, but the Lord God feeds them. He looks out for us. He looks out for. We are and His church, His kingdom is still alive and will be alive forever. Um, and so, be encouraged with that. So, let's pray today. I know that we're ending a little early, so um, give you time to chat and leave here slowly. Um, but let's let's pray and consider what the Lord is doing. And so, God, as we step back from from church history and look at the events that have gone on before us, uh, Your kingdom and the church that has lived before us. Lord, may you encourage us with this idea that even if um, horrible things happen on this earth, you are God, you are still bigger than it all, and you are still good. And Lord, even in our own lives and situations, whether it's change or transition, may you fill us up with your spirit that we we won't worry about things, but, but know that you are in control, and you are good, and you are awesome, and you are holy. So, God, we worship you. We praise your holy name. We love that you have been working throughout history as you are working today. And we leave here encouraged, Lord. We love you. We praise you. And everybody said, Amen. Thank you for listening to the Mill Sunday School Podcast. You can find more information at www.themillonline.org.